0: So, Lonnie, I noticed you've headcanoned another shitty father getting hit by a truck. Yep. You know, we need to add a throw into the volcano section to the show because the list of people who have no consequences for their shitty behavior is getting longer than the guest list at Caritas. (laughs) Right.
1: Well, you know, we want to do a lost podcast. We can put all those guys on a plane and just crash it into a volcano.
0: Still toast. I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: Well, maybe we should finish Still Dead first, though. Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm researcher and Southern Fried scholar Dr. Kelly Jones. And we're here today to talk about Angel Season 2, Episodes 5 and 6 Dear Boy, which is a Watcher, and Guys Will Be Guys, which is a Skipper.
0: And now, my boy is still in there and he wants out. So let's raise stakes. in dear boy darla moves from angel's dreams into his real life hell-bent on driving him back to the dark side she poses as Dietta kramer and hires an actor to play her husband stephen and lures angel into following her in flashbacks we see angel and darla as the vampire version of body and clyde as they target and torment drusilla in the present darla and Lindsay set angel up for Steven's murder wes and cordy and gunn stand up for angel when kate well, pulls the usual shit that Kate pulls, and they're worried enough about Angel turning to invest in tranquilizer guns. Angel kidnaps Darla, and she tells him about Wolferman Hart's plan to turn him evil. They want him dark, and she wants Angelus back. Angel resists Darla, mostly, and warns her about the oncoming crushing weight of her re ensouled humanity. But as Lauren foretold, Angel is veering from his path and pulling away from the team who keep him grounded on the side of good.
1: Okay, Dear Boy aired on October 24th, 2000. It was directed and written by David Greenwald. And we are introducing a new element uh, into this week's episode and from here on, where we're going to open up with our perfect happiness scale, which we of course will call the pH scale. And this is on a scale of zero to six from zero equals stake this to six equals lost your soul. It's so good. (laughs) We are going to give our initial reaction to every episode on that ph scale so kelly where did you land on the ph scale for dear boy
0: so i have to give this a five Mm -hmm. um i would have given it a six if kate hadn't been in it (laughs) because (laughs) i adore this episode it's one of my favorites because we get darla in the present and the past we Mm -hmm. get one of my if not my all-time favorite line from the show Mm -hmm. plus drusilla and gun and lauren and Lindsay. and for me there's a like a fairy tale quality to season 2 mm-hmm. of Angel and and it really struck me in this episode. So, to quote Angel, bring it on.
1: Awesome. Okay, so what was your all-time favorite line?
0: So that is when Darla tells Angel, God doesn't want you, but I still do.
1: Oh, that is good. Oh, That's real good every time. <laughs> yeah. <it's> so good. <laughs> All right. Well, I would say on a 0 to 6, stake this to lost your soul, I'm at a 4. Like, I like this episode. I think it's I think it's good. Um, again, flashbacks, not my favorite thing. Although seeing Drusilla pretty awesome right, right. Um, so we've got the flashbacks and we've got Kate and that kind of brings it down for me again I like flashbacks when they are used when there's a story going on in the history that reflects upon the now but that's not what they're doing here they're just kind of giving us backstory and while I appreciate it I really want to see Darla and Angel in the now because that stuff is awesome so um, I also love seeing that we're having the team kind of gel together uh, Gun is becoming part of the team Wesley and Cordy and Gun are all working to together um, and they're all kind of trying to pull angel back from this descent into darkness that we're seeing happen with him and i really like that as well so lots of stuff to like but for me it's a four good deal all right so let's start with our moments of perfect happiness and i think probably most of our happiness for both of us in this episode centered around angel and darla oh yeah Yes. So So, Darla's back. Right. Back in red (laughs) instead
0: of back in black. And seeing her stroll through that promenade like she owns place makes me
1: so happy. No, it was really awesome. And I love when he sees her like she is. I mean, this is gaslighting. She has been in his dreams, messing with him, drugging him, all this stuff. He sees her. And, you know, and the thing that I love is that after all the messing with his mind that she has been doing, he knows that's her. Mm -hmm. He has no doubt whatsoever. He knows it's Darla. He knows he's not imagining things. Something's going on here, even though he staked her. Right. Right. And vampires don't come back from dust. It just doesn't happen. Right. Um, So all of these reasons for him to question himself. And yet he doesn't. And I love that he doesn't question himself.
0: Yeah. And especially because when, you know, she shows up at the hotel where he is and then gets him to chase her out into the sunlight. Even seeing her run into sunlight does not shake him. He's just like, oh, well, they brought her back as human. So, like, I love that he never
1: (laughs) doubts. Like, he knows that's her. Right. Well, because there's no skepticism. There's no space for skepticism in a world like this. Like right. There's <laughs> demons and stuff all over the place. Which is why when Cordy's talking about the uh, the guy who thinks his wife is getting abducted by aliens or whatever, and they're yeah. just all rolling their eyes about aliens, and I was like, okay, look, I'm sorry. You live in a universe where there are demons from other dimensions coming in and doing weird stuff all the time. We have a vampire back from dust, right? Yeah. Made from vampire to human, which is another thing that doesn't happen to vampires like all of this stuff that is happening that is even like within your world set like outside of the norm and here we are just rolling our eyes at aliens look anything is possible within this world you do not get to have skepticism i mean did they or did they not open
0: a box at an ice factory that was from a portal from another dimension planet from thing. another dimension. Right? I mean the
1: difference between aliens and demons that come from another dimension I think is highly semantic. Oh yeah. You know? So uh, so yeah, I found that to be uh, to be a little bit weird. You don't you don't get that kind of skepticism. You don't get to have it in a world like this, you know. No. Um, but I do love that Angel, like he's like, I smelled her. I know what she smells like. I know this woman. <laughs> you yeah. know. Um, I was screwing this woman all over the European countryside for 150 <laughs> years. Like, I know this woman, you know, and, um, and I, I love that whole thing and how secure he is, even when she's been messing with his mind, like he's not questioning himself. And I thought that that was great. I love Darla with Lindsay, mm-hmm. which she's, All that power wasted on a whiny, mopey do-gooder. God, I could eat his eyeballs. And I'm like, oh, my God, I love her. And she's human, right? We've seen her run into the sun. She's human. She has a soul. Angel talks to her about her soul, right? Yeah. So she's not without a soul evil Darla. But she's still evil Darla. Like, you know, this goes back to our constant discussion of what is the what is the role of the soul and what is makes you good and what makes you bad and all of this kind of stuff. But even with a soul, Darla is cold evil. That's just just who she is.
0: And she is playing Lindsay. Oh, God, she is playing Lindsay. And she's, you know, touching his hand. And she's like, you don't feel anything. And he's like, not in my hand. I'm going, oh, honey. <laughs> back away from the grown woman. You are not ready for this.
1: Yes. And- <laughs> you are out of your league, <laughs> you are sir.
0: way, way out of your depth here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when she tells him, you're fun for a human. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm throwing this guy my evil plans and he likes them. I might play with him for a little while.
1: Exactly. But
0: yeah, that dude needs to. Back away
1: quickly. <laughs> no, he really, he is completely out of his league. And he's so dopey in love with her. Like, you oh, yeah. It's ri- ridiculous. Right it is ridiculous. And-, <laughs> and it's fun to see Lindsay in that space of vulnerability, too, oh, yeah. with her. And especially because, you know, like, she is, she going to eat him for breakfast. He stands no chance of winning this battle with maybe her.
0: Quite might, maybe
1: quite literally. Maybe quite <laughs> literally. He might yeah. just be brunch.
0: <laughs> what did you have for brunch today darla Lindsay and a mimosa
1: <laughs> i had a Lindsay mimosa <laughs> you mix the blood with a little bit of champagne and then slice of orange and it's really lovely
0: oh god you know what i bet she absolutely does that
1: i bet she would
0: and, and i know that you're not crazy about the flashbacks but i am a sucker for them and especially this one when we get drusilla mm-hmm. because oh yet again we have Darla mm-hmm. basically delivering Angel to his doom.
1: Oh, yeah. I have a whole thing about that in the right? safest. So we yeah. will definitely get to a big discussion of right. that. But yeah, no, but, it's, it's very cool. Yeah, but she picks these things out for him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, did you find
0: me a saint? And she's like, better. I'm going. I, I know Angelus gets all the credit yeah. for being like the most evil vampire of all time. But I got to tell you, like the guy behind the guy yeah (laughs) yeah yeah she's she's complete dick cheney she's going full dick cheney yeah yeah so (laughs) i'm just kind of wondering some of that credit might actually belong to darla oh oh yeah
1: yeah Yeah, i think i think a lot of that absolutely goes to darla and drusilla can we talk about juliet landau oh my god she is so amazing we never see her like, this is the only time we see her as human. Whenever we see Drusilla, it is always, you know, she's always in vamp mode. She's always, you know, post-humanity, right? So here we get to see her as as a normal human, but she's, she's still Drusilla. She's got the sight. You know, she's completely tormented by all of these things that they're doing. She's, she's losing her mind a little bit as she's laughing and she's crying while they are literally fucking on her lap. Yeah. Um, which is kind of hilarious. But Juliet Landau kills that performance i mean i was impressed by that
0: it was amazing when she when she broke down laughing yes and she was you know laughing while you're sobbing while you're terrified like she was amazing in that scene
1: yeah she was really good she stole that scene while angel and darla were in it that's the crazy thing when darla and angel are having sex and i'm watching the
0: girl in the corner the stain yeah. has been stolen, exactly. <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> Drusilla Dunn stole your thunder, guys. I got to yeah. tell you, <laughs> she stole your thunder and your lightning. I mean, exactly. seriously, <laughs>
0: she was
1: fantastic. I know, I know, she was so good.
0: And I also really loved um, when Angel does realize that Darla's human. That doesn't mm-hmm. shake his belief. He's like, okay, now I need answers. Yeah. And he like bums the cover charge money off of Wesley and he goes to Lauren. Yeah. He's like I mm-hmm. just freaking love this dynamic because I think they could have very easily fallen to this trap, right? Mm-hmm. Angel needs an answer. Angel sings a bad song. Lauren tells him what to do. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Lauren is Lauren kind of sits back and looks and he's like, yeah, fuck your expectations. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this is a dude with boundaries. Right. <laughs> and yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that about him because Angel is so frantic and demanding, you know, and he knows Lauren has seen something. And Lauren's mm-hmm. like, I saw lots of things. That doesn't mean I'm going to tell you, you know. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. willing to help Angel when he can, but he's not going to bend to Angel's command. No,
1: I mean, I love that. I love when he says, I know you're not going to start anything in here. You're a good boy, right? (laughs) He is completely in charge. And I love, like, Lauren is fantastic. He's amazing. I love, too, that here we have a demon character, Mm -hmm. right, coded as like, gay, gender fluid, bisexual, I I don't know, like, in there somewhere. Like, he's definitely got some coding that is not this traditional, you know, toxic masculinity coding, right? (laughs) Um, And yet, we're not stereotyping this character, you know, the way that we stereotype, especially in a highly heterocentric, heteronormative show like Mm -hmm. Angel, which it is, right? Especially within that context, he is tough, he is strong. He is both masculine and, and and I hate to say feminine, because it sounds like an insult to masculinity, but it's not. There's a power in that part of him as well. You know, he has power in both the masculine and more feminine sides of himself. And why did I want to not say feminine? Because it denotes a lack of power. God damn it. (laughs) Fucking patriarchy. (laughs) There's plenty of power in feminists. Yeah. Well, if we think about it in
0: terms of energy, right, Mm -hmm. in terms of masculine and feminine energy, which we Mm -hmm. all have. Yes. Regardless Mm -hmm. of gender. He... He does a beautiful job of tapping into whatever it is that he needs yes. to tap into. But there there is an edge
1: mm-hmm. to Lorne.
0: Yeah. And girl, it speaks to me. Like, oh, yeah. I just, no, it's nice. It's so good. And he, you know, he tells Angel, I set people on their path. And this mm-hmm. is way off your path, sweetie. Mm-hmm. And first of all, calling Angel, sweetie, with a straight face. Oh, yeah. Just freaking delights me.
1: I love it.
0: But he gives no fucks about Angel's temper. Mm-hmm. Lauren has a place and a purpose in, in that story all his own. He does not exist just to serve Angel. Yes. You know, and dish out answers. And it's so
1: fantastic. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I just, He's I fantastic. It. Okay, we've we've sidebarred into Lauren. We still got more Darla stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, about. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's fine. I love I I will sidebar into Lauren anytime you want. Um <laughs> So we have this whole thing with Darla, right? She's setting up this whole, they killed the people in the house, right? Yeah. You know, They're having dinner. She's pretending. She's, you know, setting up this whole elaborate thing. She goes out and talks to Kate. And then as soon as Kate turns her back, <laughs> Angel comes out of the tree and just whips her right up. It was <laughs> hilarious. I love that moment so, so, so much.
0: And that led to my favorite scene. Yes. Which is one of my favorite scenes in the whole show. Mm -hmm. where we get them in the convent-turned-water-tower-turned-slightly-demonic-sort-of-sacred set, right? And I love that set. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, it's so great. Yeah. And Angel, like, freaking vamps out at her,
1: you know, trying to get her to admit...
0: (laughs) You know, hey girl, Mm -hmm. I know who you are. Exactly. Um, No, I love
1: this where he goes, So you're what Wolferman Hart brought back in that box. They brought you back as human. They think I won't kill one. You know what I think? They don't know me that well. Oh yeah. I love that moment. angel is pissed <laughs> yeah no it's really good it reminds me of this moment in the end of this uh, jennifer cruzi novel called getting rid of bradley and where she has like essentially a woman who's married this like con man guy and he's done all these terrible things to her and throughout the course of the novel she finds her power and he thinks that she's never going to fight back mm-hmm. and there's this one moment at the end where i think she's got a baseball bat on him or something and he's like you're not going to hit me and she goes you know what bradley I've changed. And she whacks with it. It's like one of my favorite things ever. And that's what this moment reminds me of with Angel, Where he's like, I don't think they know me that well. I will totally, I will completely kill you.
0: Right. Except he won't. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that they both know it. And, you know, he vamps out and he pretty much just like puts his teeth on her throat.
1: Yeah, but that's sex. That's not. Oh, yeah. That's 100% so sex.
0: Oh, getting there. <laughs> all right kelly you go ahead because in that moment yeah like she turns toward him instead of pulling away and this to me is what the beauty and beast fairy tale is all about yeah and this is how it should be portrayed Mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't know which of the two of them is the beast Mm -hmm. but when darla stops pretending and she kisses him while he is vamped out and says there's my boy yep because if you love someone who's also a beast you love the monster within fangs and all and honey Mm -hmm. they rocked
1: that scene (laughs) yeah (laughs) no that was wild and then when he's like he's so mad but then they're kissing and he's making out with her and like it's not just that she wants him oh yeah wants her yes he does you know and that's that's an interesting you know space for Angel too because he really has been this strong moral compass right Mm -hmm. like he's the one who knows that faith is worth rescuing and he's going to try to save people and he's going to try to give people their redemption and and help them find a way back and forgive and all of this stuff right and Darla represents the exact opposite of everything his purpose is about and we know that Angel's all about purpose and yet here he is making out with the antithesis of everything he's trying to be and I love it oh god me too it's so
0: great, mm-hmm. and when he finally pushes her away, she kind of laughs and she's like, mm-hmm. "I'm pretty familiar with the international signs for enough, and you have a ways to go." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, I know she's evil, but I love this
1: woman. (laughs) Oh, no, she's fantastic. She's evil, yes, but she's also strong and she's smart and she knows what's happening and she will use her power in whatever way she has, you know, and I think that those are all things that even while acknowledging that she's evil, she's bad, she's bad, 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 (laughs) um, that there's still something fascinating and powerful and kind of, I don't know, in a weird way, inspiring about Darla. Yeah. Like, no, she's been killed. Like, she is all of these things, right? right? And she is still in there swinging. Yeah. You and, know? Um, yeah. And I did like, though, because we
0: do get that from her. Um, mm-hmm. But we also see some vulnerability here. And Angel is, like, so casually cruel to her yeah. in that moment. You know, she's, when he's telling her, you know, that, like, things weren't the way with them that she thought they were. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we were together 150 years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't tell me
1: that it wasn't
0: amazing. You know, like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, but he and then he, he tells her, yeah, but you're human now. And he's like, you better embrace that mediocrity, honey. And I had to pause <laughs> and be like, wait a minute. Wait, how can I get Angel to say Honey. Uh huh. In every single episode, because oh my god,
1: I know I love Angry Angel. Yes, it is my favorite, favorite flavor of Angel, and we get a lot of it now. Oh I'm yeah, really enjoying that. But he no, he's yeah.
0: he's been. It's almost a main side of him we haven't seen, right? Because yeah. he wasn't in angelus, like tormented, cruel mode. He was yeah. in like cool guy i know this girl's in love with me i'm
1: gonna throw it in her face kind of mode well i mean it's not just that though she has been tormenting him for weeks like yeah these are to two be fair people... he killed her no i'm just okay, kidding no. i'm just kidding <laughs> I'm saying it's a complicated history, right? I, you know, it's a complicated it's, relationship. Their
0: relationship status is complicated. You
1: know, let's no. stop talking about who killed who. Are <laughs> <and all that laughs> we going to revisit right? this again? Exactly. <laughs> but I, can't I, you I, just I, forgive?
0: It was just like a level of kind of meanness that we haven't seen from him yet. I'm not saying I didn't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: just noting no. But she, she knows him. Mm-hmm. Like this is the thing. Darla is the only person who knows him, like knows every flavor, every part of him, right? So with her, like he doesn't have to try to be anything because she knows. Exactly. You know? So he becomes, I think, more himself with Darla, like more all every element of himself with Darla than he is with anybody else so that he can be with anybody else. Oh, I think so too. So I absolutely love that. And like, she's so mad and jealous about Buffy. Mm-hmm. And she's like that cheerleader. She's not special. She's just new. You know, it's yeah. like my favorite thing is guy gets a taste of something fresh and he thinks he's touching God. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. so good. And the, and the thing is, is like, he's trying to explain to her, what was different. Mm-hmm. And like she hasn't integrated her soul well enough. She doesn't understand, you know, yeah. and mm-hmm. he kind of smirks and he's like, you took me places, showed me things. You blew the top off my head, but you never mm-hmm. made me happy. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. I know. <laughs> like, because she can't. He's not insulting her. Like she. Right. She doesn't have the framework to understand what that means because she hasn't had a soul. Right. And even as a
1: human. Like, you know, human Darla is not that different from vampire Darla. One's immortal. Basically, that's the difference. (laughs) Um, But it's so fun because here Angel is, right? And he never knew human Darla. Like, Darla knew human Liam, right? You know, before he was Angelus, before he was Angel. Um, But he never knew human Darla. And he's talking to her, like, here is your chance. You have a soul now. Like, this can be your redemption. And she's trying the same thing from a different angle, where she's trying to pull him back into darkness. You don't learn that kind of darkness. It's innate. My boy is still in there, and he wants out. And no matter how good a boy you are, God doesn't want you, right? Yeah. So they're both like pulling on each other from these opposite places. He's trying to pull her into redemption and she's trying to pull him into temptation. And it is beautiful.
0: It is so good. God, I love your description of that. And I love how the tables are turned there when she is holding a cross on him.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: like, you know, this evil vampire who sired Mm -hmm. him and now he's still subjected to the vampire weaknesses and she's not Mm -hmm. like she's human but he's the one with the soul and and like i know she has one but she hasn't like she hadn't flipped the on switch on that thing
1: yet no but i mean not all human souls are good (laughs) you know like not all humans do terrible things too like the 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 role of the soul as some kind of arbiter of innate goodness i think is highly suspect Mm -hmm. you know um so there's a lot of discussion to be had there but yeah it's it's Really, really good stuff. All right, so... Let's move on to the other good stuff in this episode, because I think if we talk about Darla and Angel, we're just going to do that all day. And (laughs) probably a lot of people here wouldn't mind, but still, we got to move. So the rest of the stuff in the episode that you like, I I really liked a lot of the team dynamics that we had here. We had kind of Gun moving into the space with Wesley and courting the three of them working together to help Angel as much as they can, which I thought was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So what did you like about the team dynamics in this?
0: So I like some of the joking at the beginning.
1: Yeah, With Angel mm-hmm. talking
0: about you know I've got a thing for convents and that's mm-hmm. why I rarely go to church. Like I thought all that was hilarious.
1: Yes, um, but I really <laughs> then he goes, like... I thought that was funny.
0: <laughs> He's like, I thought that was funny. <laughs> but they call in gun. Mm-hmm. They go fight. Angel like completely loses his focus. He just keeps beating up the same yeah guy. Right mm-hmm. and just like all this anger pouring right. out of him. Right, and the
1: thing is, these guys are all under like a, a mystical whammy. Right, right? so they're right. so like all you have to do is get them out of the way so you can kill the main guy. Right, and yet Angel is just beating hell yeah. out of this guy who's just under possessed control. Right. I mean, Angel's losing like it. Like
0: Wesley has to pull him off, and and we get mm-hmm. a little badass Wes there,
1: which I yeah. love. Which I which, love a badass yep, Wes
0: absolutely. But then on the way out, like Wesley and Cordelia are kind of explaining, rationalizing mm-hmm. Angel's behavior. And I like Gunn as like the reality check. Yeah. You know, because he's like, they tell him Angel's off his game and Gunn says, since when is this a game? Yeah. And and I like that he's sort of mm-hmm. bringing attention to, you know what, y'all? Angel's not right right now. Right. like This mm-hmm. isn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love seeing Gunn in charge with a battle ax Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, it yeah. always makes me happy.
1: No, no, it's it's really, really good. I think that there's a lot of good stuff um, in here with the team. Um, you know, I love when Cordy's trying to draw Angel into the case that could actually make them some money. It's just like we hey, <laughs> have an exciting new case. Could be aliens. Could be adultery. It's a corker. <laughs> And I really, really loved that. And then we have, of course, this moment with Cordy and Gunn, right? Where she's like, it's not like he turns evil every time he gets cranky. And Gunn's like, he turns evil. Yeah. You know, like somebody left that out of my company handbook. (laughs) I'd like to revisit this discussion.
0: No one has told me the lore.
1: I know. And then later, Gunn is the one schooling Kate on how vampires work. Well, mm-hmm. if Angel was there and he wasn't invited in, how'd he get into the house? The people who live there were dead. The people you talk to are not the people you thought they were. And Kate's just like, <laughs> <We'll get to. laughs> we're going to get to Kate. In, in the Stake This portion that of the program. That is
0: officially my sound for all Kate Dialogue. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty terrible. And then Wesley slams it down with the picture of Darla. And I thought that that was really... Like, I love them working so well together. Yeah. I think it's really fantastic.
0: I do, too. And, and I was thinking a lot about, like, each character, where they are mm-hmm. at this point, you know, kind of in the show. Like, I really admire Cordelia's deep empathy when it's in tune. Mm -hmm. and her courage and her honesty and her snark and Angel's desire to help people and understand the meaning of things when he's not like busy making out with Darla. Although I am never going to deprive him of that. And Wesley's intelligence and knowledge and guns, badassery and warrior spirit. But like when we see that team, they're usually together, you know, at the Hyperion or, you know, out on the fighting, the forces of darkness or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think of all of them that Lorne is the character I appreciate most. Yeah. In terms of who I would like strive to be like, Mm -hmm. and he's one of my favorite characters of any work of fiction ever. Mm -hmm. Because we get this, you know, absolute dedication to authenticity and safe space and music and beauty and the steel and charm and magic and grace and constant sarcasm, and I'm like. This character is so amazing to me, um, and I think, mm-hmm. like, he is the spiritual guru I would go to. He's, he's so unique, you know, yeah. and layered, and so I was kind of thinking about him as, like, poet, priest, performer, prophet, and party king.
1: Oh, yeah. Right?
0: And I mean, come (laughs) on. He is a mystical demon seer and singer who created a Uh karaoke bar as a supernatural sanctuary. So how is it possible not to fall completely and totally in love with him?
1: Yeah. No, he's so fantastic. And I absolutely love, I love how strong he is. And I love your, your, you know, um your alliterative description of him, you know, because he is all of those things and he is incredibly complex, but he does have that like he is fully integrated. Yeah, he is complete. He is all of these things. He is all of these things together at the same time, and he has them in balance. And that's one of the things that's really nice about Lauren is that he does kind of provide this, you know, the heart. Right. He is the one who is emotionally connected, who who has insight, who has wisdom and having that on the team while still being funny and sexy and cool and singing and vulnerable. I mean, all of these things at once. He is a beautifully, beautifully drawn character.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. So I just had to give some appreciation and green Um, love.
1: Green love. Love.
0: <laughs>
1: <Exactly>. <laughs> I like the angel. Finally, finally tells the team about Darla. Yeah. You know, like it's about damn time. Yeah. Thank you for letting them in on that. And that shows him trusting them. You know, which I think is really good. And, yeah. and finally, like, moving into the space where he's letting them know what's going on. He's been having these dreams for all, all this time, you know. Um, so I really like that because it shows that team. Again, we're getting this team, this family gelling. Yeah. Which I really like. Everybody's kind of coming together.
0: And I like how he, he kind of edits their mission statement. Mm-hmm. on the close of this episode yeah not, not necessarily in a way that's keeping him on his path but right. you know they're trying to warn him okay th- there's gonna be a lot of trouble here mm-hmm. and angel's like yeah there's gonna be trouble
1: and i say bring it on <gasps> oh, I love
0: it. such a great line i
1: love angry angel yes
0: it's so good
1: <laughs> All right. So I think that probably takes us into our stake this part. And let's start with something simple, something we will hopefully not be revisiting again. I can't remember when this ends, but freaking Cordy and Wes bickering. I mean, come on. And then Angel comes in. Children, stop bickering.
0: Yeah. All I have to say is Josh Unruh and I can show them how to bicker like siblings, chipperish style, because that's that's not how monks work. Right.
1: <laughs> no, there's nothing more fun than doing that episode with you and Joshua, because you guys are so brother and sister. It's so fun. It is.
0: It is great. But, you know, this level yeah. of bickering, just God, I wish they'd shut up.
1: Right. Because with like, you and Joshua, it's a loving bickering. You know, you guys are always respectful and kind to each other. But the stuff that they say to each other when they're fighting yeah. is so, it's so like... You know, middle school and just mean, and it it doesn't have that fun charm of siblings who love each other and yet are like whatever and yelling at each other. Right. You know, <laughs> um, so it's like it's like the bickering of siblings without the the fun, loving relationship. And they do shift into good teamwork, mm-hmm. you know, and respecting each other. But it's it's so completely antithetical to this part of their relationship that it doesn't it doesn't work for me at all, and I absolutely hate this. Um, the other thing. I hate which is uh, I think going to move into a probably regularly appearing segment called FTPB which is not fuck the powers that be it is fuck this patriarchal bullshit (laughs) right Um, so we have this history with Angel and Darla right Um, Angel's descent into darkness and madness right because of her all of her quote unquote gifts to um, Angelus are the actual source of his destruction right first she turns him She brings him Drusilla, his, which is one of the things that haunts him the most. What he did to Drusilla was like the height of his cruelty Mm -hmm. and that haunts him all through everything, right? About everything that he's done, what he did to Drusilla, some of the worst of it. She brings him the Romani girl whose family ends up cursing him with a soul. And here we play, like with all of these elements into this misogynistic idea that has been around for centuries, that men are helpless in the presence of a vagina. A vagina is essentially corruptive by its very nature. Women are the source of a man's destruction. And this is why men are constantly trying to control what women do with their vaginas. Up until this... (laughs) fucking day right now. So anyway, I'm sorry, I can't bring that into it because that makes me too angry. Um, So I want to stake all of that. This idea that a man is helpless in the face of a beautiful woman who serves his destruction up to him on her vagina. Like that's, (laughs) you know, and even Darla takes responsibility for it. She says, I created a lot of those strengths and weaknesses, you know, and it's just enough you know I, I don't know like I just this idea that you know that Angel you know would have been a vampire but he would have been probably fine except that Darla keeps doing all this stuff and you know making him making him more evil because of the power of her lady parts you know and that kind of thing is such destructive um, and yet really you know has been around for centuries is still around now This idea that women are essentially corruptive through their lady parts, you know, and all of it is stake it stake it all it makes me crazy I mean at the same time while I do want to stake it I mean I love that she brings him Drusilla I love Darla's power Mm -hmm. I love her you know claiming it even I created a lot of those strengths and weaknesses the the, you know the woman behind the man you know but like why is it Darla is the one who is obviously running the show why is Angelus the one who got all the press Angelus was like oh he's so evil and nobody knows about Darla right like, exactly Darla it should have Angelus was Darla's freaking sidekick
0: yes Darla is the Leo McGarry to Angel's yeah. Jed Bartlett
1: yeah yeah well evil evil, evil. evil. Leo sure. yeah exactly but, but, but yeah but you know and she gets no credit for right. all of her genius you know drusilla right. was obviously her idea so like at the same time that i hate this whole you know this essential vagina dentata which of course has an <laughs> even you know darker meaning when you're talking about vampires because who knows where they got fangs um but this whole concept of fangs? I'm just saying, we got to talk to to um, Lolly DeRosier again about uh, about what they got down there, because maybe that's where the vagina dentata idea okay. came from. I have absolutely would no idea. Would you
0: like your vagina with a double dose of destruction, or would yes. you like to try a destruction-free flavor today? Exactly. <laughs> oh, <my> God. <laughs>
1: So that's my FTPB rant for this episode. I'm sure it'll come up again. Oh, that
0: might be one of my favorite Lonnie rants of
1: all time. <laughs> no, I hate that concept. I hate it all. Okay, so so speaking of hate, um, why don't you go to the thing that rhymes with hate, which is Kate? Because we all hate Kate. Yeah, Steak I really Kate. wanted to stake Kate. Um, yeah, most
0: of my stakes were named Kate. Because why? <laughs> Why, why in the name of all that is good and holy does my bliss with this episode have to be interrupted by Kate and her rude ass co-worker and her weird cases oh, and her enthusiastic stupidity and her bullying? Like, yeah. we could have spent all that time
1: in Caritas. Yeah, I wouldn't even care. Give us a flashback. I don't even like the flashbacks. I will take a prologue over this bitch. I will take a prologue over Kate. And for anybody who knows me, that is some serious shit. She is terrible. (laughs) And also they gave her awful hair. It looks like she just came out of the shower. The hair. Okay, can can I take a moment just to go on the hair rant? Because, okay, the hair in Angel, I don't know what is happening here. We have Lindsay's hair. Which is so weird. It's long, but it's not really long. But it's short, and it's not okay. really short. And it's, like, hanging down on the side of his face. He looks like a sheepdog. Okay, but here's the thing. Yes.
0: Lindsay is, is in in progress. From right. growing out his hair, from, like, baby lawyer, to, like... The level of sexy that I can't even breathe Grown up badass. when he's on the screen.
1: Grown up Southern Gothic boy Holy, badass. Is that what you're looking with for? With
0: a guitar. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say.
1: All right. Kelly's going to need a moment, everybody. <laughs> yeah. It
0: is worth the wait to let that hair do
1: its thing. But it's coming down on either side of his face like a sheepdog. They could have done something with it. It's a little moose. Really hard to brush
0: your hair when you have one hand. All
1: right, fair enough.
0: I will brush it for him and I will pull it back in a little ponytail (laughs) and it will be fine. And then eventually Uh, 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 it will reach its (laughs) full glory and it will be worth it.
1: Oh, it's bad.
0: But the rest of the hair, we got to stake.
1: But okay, yeah. Kate's hair looks like she just stepped out of the shower, you know, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but you have. You have a full team. I mean, I know that's extra textual that's outside <laughs> of the story and that her having bad hair while she's, you know, obsessed with all this stuff. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, it just it looks like she stepped out of the shower. They threw some moose in it and boom, let it go. And then what they did to Cordelia's head. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know what's going on with that. She has all of her hair is long and down except for this ponytail at the back of her head, which hangs down to her butt like they put 10 pounds of extensions on this poor woman's head and then just let it all fly in this really weird and, and distracting way. And the thing is, like, we're here to talk about the story. Their hair doesn't matter. But when it's so distracting that I can't, like, <laughs> I can't focus on anything else. I mean, it's just, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It
0: was bad hair.
1: It was bad hair. All right, I'm sorry. I interrupted your speech. Oh, no, that's okay. I was just ranting about how much I
0: hate Kate. So she, I gave her, now see, this is what pisses me off because I gave her some credit, right? I gave her some points for doing research. Yeah. And then she shows up and forgets that vamps can't enter someone's house without an invitation. And I'm sorry, but that's like one of the top three rules. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. You know, because she is determined to only see what she wants to see. And I love seeing gun take her to task yeah. on that like it was oh, so absolutely. great but absolutely. speaking of gun yeah. why the hell did kate ask gun if he had any priors because he mm-hmm. was guilty of standing in the lobby while black uh, like yeah she's a bully and she's also a racist and no one calls her out on it
1: i know i mean but you know he's black kelly i mean geez, he's black and, you know, he probably got all those priors because he was walking while black or daring to exist while black and then get called on all the time. And they end up building this whole like list because, I mean, Gunn has been out there protecting the neighborhoods, doing your goddamn job, Kate, keeping the neighborhoods safe, you know, right. and gets treated like he's some street criminal. You know, when here he is with Wesley and with Cordelia, neither of whom had their... Uh, records run as I noticed right you know she didn't run anybody else's records she ran his and so if they're trying to shine a light on you know racism and policing well yeah you got it (laughs) but it's still really annoying and Kate is somebody who I think they they wanted us to kind of like as a possible romantic foil for Angel and that you know so but now they're like she's just so awful and every conceivable way. She can be an antagonist without being vile, but she's Vile. She's vile, but nobody calls
0: her on this shit. Like, if right. I had been standing there with Charles Gunn, and she turned to him and said, "Do you have any priors?" I would say, "Excuse me, I was standing here first. Why didn't you ask me?" Like, exactly. It is if okay. Cordy had done that, yes.
1: If Cordy had said, "Well, here's my license too. You didn't ask for it, but maybe you should run my priors Exactly. As well, you know. And I hate that it came back with priors. Yeah, I
0: hate that. <laughs> me too. It would have been because great if it had not. Off. But it was. Yeah. You know. But also, like. Number one, it should not matter, but she she should have been called out on that shit, Yeah. And nobody called yeah. her out on it. And like exactly that bothered me as much as her being a racist bully. But I mm-hmm. also felt very vindicated in my distinct hatred of this woman. Yes. <laughs> um because like there there is a difference, right, between mm-hmm. stupid and enthusiastically stupid.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. But she
0: is veering so far into this bullheaded space about, you know, believing Angel's evil and that he is somehow responsible for the death of that actor and homeowners who Darla and Wolfman Hart had killed, you know, and and kidnapping that woman right after she saw a photo of Darla that is a hundred freaking years old. Right. I'm like, come on, woman. Like, how... How enthusiastically dumb do you really want to be here? It just, it drives me crazy.
1: So anyway, the fact that there are people like that, you know, reality is no defense for fiction. We have a character here who I think we are supposed to on some level be sympathetic with still. Um, And she's just the absolute worst. And I want to stake her every time I see her. Yep,
0: me too. And I'm really pissed at her for bringing down my overall love of this episode because I love this episode right and she ruins it for me
1: i know she sucks she's terrible sucks. and a hater. yes she's a big piece of poop all right so that moves us into research mode kelly jones i love you always have all of these really interesting questions <laughs> <laughs> and we've got the piglets i'm just gonna hand this part over to you go for it baby. okay
0: especially this episode because oh god it's just yeah. so wonderful so lauren has a line in this episode mm-hmm. that is another direct reference to future events in the show This is the second time I've noticed this. So I am making a list so we can talk about it when the time comes. But if it happens a third time, I am calling Lauren's foresight specifically about Angel a theme. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk about that now, come into the Patreon Discord chat on the Angel Spoilers
1: channel, and we can discuss. We can have that discussion now, but just we're we're saying we're setting this aside and yes. saying there are things happening with Lauren, yes, that show him having a very specific insight into into Angel's future, Angel's destiny, all of that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It is
0: really cool. And then at the beginning of this episode, Angel falls asleep and dreams about Darla in the lobby, in front of Cordy and West, but she's mm-hmm. not there. To like put the potion on him, so how is that working exactly?
1: I don't know. I mean, maybe she's primed him. Maybe she's dosed him up enough that she doesn't have to physically be there. Maybe she didn't have to physically be there in the first place, but she just was because why not rape him while he's sleeping, (laughs) right? You might as well because why not rape a dude while he's sleeping and let's call that out. (laughs) Darla been regularly raping Angel um in his sleep but you know we've seen her naked on top of him in his bed so I mean the presumption is yeah that uh that she's been doing that on a regular basis which is uh which is really super evil it is
0: so evil because yeah. you know boundaries not so much Darla's thing yeah yeah really not but see
1: Darla's supposed to be evil right well yeah there is that. so you know we're we're calling her out on all that stuff but it is it is you know I mean it's it's pretty when you sit to think about it like angels being violated on a regular basis he is without you know but because he's a man without his consent it right. is absolutely
0: not okay um yeah no
1: it's highly highly traumatizing and because he's a man and because like in his dreams you know he's he's enjoying it because in his dreams he's free but he doesn't know this is actually happening in reality too like it's it's complicated but it's still rape oh yeah you know
0: it's ra- rape and roofy
1: yeah. I mean, it is yeah. absolutely yeah. not
0: okay. Absolutely. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to understand the effect of it on him because, like, mm-hmm. the first thing we see, other than him being, you know, like, really tired and distracted, yeah, is him punching that one guy over and over and over again, ignoring mm-hmm. his team, ignoring their calls for help. Because why, like,
1: is being mm-hmm. in
0: touch with violence connected to the darkness that Darla is bringing out in him? He didn't vamp out. We don't see him, like, chasing bliss. We just see this Mm -hmm. uncontrolled, unfocused anger.
1: Well, the guy was wearing red. Oh. The guy was wearing red, and Angel was on top of him, kind of in this prone position, right? Oh. Like, I see that as related to the rape.
0: That is really smart, Lonnie.
1: I don't know That is because really I mean red is Darla's color red represents Darla yeah. and so red is going to send him into a frenzy and when he's on top of somebody like that in this you know vaguely sexual positioning right, right you know um it could have triggered all of that trauma that he's been going through for the past few weeks I mean you
0: are so smart
1: I don't know it's possible no, I'm not I sure if that was makes, textually meant I think but, it makes
0: total sense um yeah because, you know, when when Darla's trying to figure out Wolfram and Hart's plan, mm-hmm. Lindsay tells her, we don't want him dead, we want him dark. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out what, what they meant by that. Like, mm-hmm. did they want Darla's dreams to make Angel think he was going crazy? Or mm-hmm. to fill him with so much lust that it reawakens his bloodlust? Mm-hmm. And But then their specific plan was to frame Angel for murder, right? Right. How does that help Wolfram and Hart? Like... Do they really think, number one, that the jail can hold this guy? You know, were they hoping to turn Wes and Cordy and Gunn against him or to make him leave L.A. because he had to run from the cops? Like, Or or was it just like this whole new level of torment? They didn't really care about the outcome.
1: I think they were just trying to get to him. I think they were just trying to mess with his head. Okay. That, you know, here is this woman. You think it's Darla. But, you know, now her husband has been murdered and you're framed for it and all this kind of stuff. Like... All of that, I think, was just they're just messing with him, okay. you know, because they know that the, the cops are not going to be able to yeah. arrest him, but it's going to make his life more difficult, yeah, it just, you know, again, and they want to seems, torment him. It
0: seems like a more amateur mm-hmm. move. Like, yeah, if I had a Darla in a box and yeah. I wanted to drive Angel insane, I would send Darla to him as a traumatized, re human that he had killed who needs his yeah. help, And then, after she builds up that trust and dependency on him, and he thinks he's saving her, that's when I would have her turn on him.
1: Yeah. And that's that's dark. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, because that's serious. But I mean, the thing is, I think that because of who Wolfman Hart is, Mm -hmm. right? Because they are evil, like they don't know what the worst way is to really hurt a good person oh. because it takes an understanding of goodness right. in order to do that. And they don't have that.
0: They need, they need like a real empath as a consultant.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, it was just stood it out to me. The other thing that got me and I will mm-hmm. die on this hill. I find it incredibly hard to believe that Darla did not cuss angels ass out for staking her.
1: Oh no. I think she loves that. He staked oh, her. Oh Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me about this She wants him dark. In the moment he staked her, she was turned on before she dusted. And when she got out, she was like, all right, that's my boy. That's my boy. Right, my boy will kill me. My boy will stake me. Oh, I like. I that. think she likes it. That is a
0: great take on that because I think she likes it. Yeah, yeah. I would have been yeah. a little pissed, but I like your take. Better. I don't
1: think Darla cares about life and death. Mm. I think she cares about evil.
0: Okay, that is interesting because yeah. she she does seem to be having like a long delay response to being reinsold and human again, like. Right. Her conscience hasn't hit her yet. We also we don't see her Well, she may not have one. She may not plenty
1: of people with souls do not have conscience. That's true. But we don't see
0: her amazed by sunlight or enthralled with food or her own reflection or anything like we saw from Angel. Mm -hmm. And she was Mm -hmm. a vampire longer than he was. Yeah. You know, um, so there and there doesn't seem to be any change to her personality. And so I'm wondering like, maybe her humanity was so long ago.
1: Yeah, she's just just lost all connection to it. But she also like it just doesn't seem like any of those things really matter to her. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing that matters to her is I think him. I think him and his badness. And she wants that time back. She wants Darla and Angelus. You know, mm-hmm. but what I found interesting is that she kept calling him angel. Yeah. Like she never knew him as angel. Right. She hasn't known him as angel. She knew him as Angelus. Mm-hmm. And then she, you know, interacted with him very briefly three yeah. years ago, you know, in Sunnydale. And he staked her. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knew him as Angelus. Like that's what she would be calling him. So every time she called him angel, that that kind of red falls. Oh,
0: see, I saw it as an insult when oh, she called him angel.
1: Because it's <gasps> that like could turn the, yeah, because yeah. it's like
0: you are not the man I made. You right. are not your full self, and I'm gonna yeah. call you angel until you earn an angelus. Until you from earn me.
1: angelus back, I love that. That's how I read that. That's good. Yeah,
0: It's like no, he I like that. He has not. You know, he's this to mm-hmm. her this you know weakened version of himself, and so mm-hmm. she is not gonna call him angelus until he gives her a damn good reason to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do
0: think it's interesting that, like, not only was she resurrected after Angel staked her, she was brought back as human with her soul. Yeah. Right. So, in the Buffy verse, Angel survived a hell dimension and came back and survived after losing, regaining, re losing, regaining his soul. Yeah. Spike survives getting his soul back. The mm-hmm. Master was brought back after he died because his bones mm-hmm. were still intact. Right. Mm-hmm. But Darla came back from dust with her soul and yet we don't seem to address her exceptionalism here at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of like, well, Darling's back. Wolfram and Hart did some mojo. But the other characters that this has happened to are so defined by that in terms of, you know, being called out and having this exceptionalism about them. It's a
1: huge transformative experience. Right. But notice that
0: they're dudes. Mm-hmm. And we have this one woman who has actually gone through more of that than all three of them.
1: Right. And yet,
0: it just is no big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. Because she is all about Angel. Right. She is not about herself. Right. You know, that yeah. is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, those are my deep questions. I love right. your take on this
1: so much. No, I think it's it's really Darla is so complex and interesting. And there are a million things that, you know, that we can talk about with her that are very, very deep. But I'm going to go ahead and bring in a little hell math. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> what I I love you have all these dark, deep, interesting questions. And I'm like, all right, so let's do the math here. No, on this I right. love that you notice math because I never would. I, I'm not really much of a math person, but every now and again, it stands out to me. So hell math, I would like to say, uh, is a shout out to Buffering the Vampire Slayer. They have coined that term every time they're trying to figure out the math of, you know, of the Buffyverse. But here's the thing. Okay. So beginning of Buffy, Angel was 240 years old, right? Fine. At the end of season two, Buffy sent him into a hell dimension where he lived, they estimated, for about 100 years, even though in Earth time, it was only a couple of months, mm-hmm. right? So when Cordelia says that he's 248, and he corrects her to 247, they're both kind of wrong, right? I mean, this dude is 350 years old. (laughs) Because all the time that he spent in the hell dimension, I mean, whether from his perspective, that's that's put some years on, you know, that's some aging. So, uh, so I thought that was kind of but right, I mean, yeah, he's three hundred and fifty because oh, yeah. he was in the the hell dimension from his perspective for a hundred years. Yeah, I think that
0: would make him about an even three fifty.
1: About an even three fifty mm-hmm. so in there somewhere. In there somewhere. Because while he was in the hell dimension and completely feral, he probably didn't, you know, mark off the time. Probably not. Um, and and notice all the birthdays. But yeah, he's 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 put on some years. <laughs> <You know? laughs> not that it matters. When you're, you know, eternally 26 anyway, so whatever. But um, but I thought it was funny. The other thing that I noticed and that I was kind of wondering about is this idea of the vampire identity, mm-hmm. right? Um, so we have Liam, right? He gets turned into Angelus and then turns into Angel when he gets his soul back, right? So we have these three identities for him. But when he turns into Angelus, that is he renames himself, right? right? It's a rebirth, Right. Darla, you know, this is a bit of a spoiler, but not much. we're going to see some of her history. And I believe she had a different name before when she was human. And then when she became a vampire, she was called Darla and she picked up that identity. And she has always been Darla ever since. Right. Um, William, you know, becomes Spike. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, so we have uh, we have Spike turning into Spike when he becomes a um, when he becomes a vampire. Drusilla, though, I don't know if we if we don't know her human name but it seems like she's drusilla and then she stays drusilla.
0: Yeah, we didn't get her name.
1: So is it that we
0: don't know her name before? Yeah, I I they she's just in this episode as the youngest of those daughters. Yeah. Um so it never uh it never tells us what her human name was.
1: Oh, okay, cuz I thought her human name was also drusilla and we just she I mean, maybe right it name. was, but... Maybe it was. We don't, uh, we don't know yet. Um, I don't know. But you're still a so great name for a vampire.
0: Yeah, but I think it's really interesting with Darla because she can't remember her human name.
1: Yeah. And so I think it was yeah. the master
0: who named her. Yeah. And Darla means darling, mm-hmm. you know, which is like all of this love and peace and harmony, you know, like you call somebody your darling, usually
1: because mm-hmm. you love them. Um, and yeah. yet she is so...
0: So the absolute opposite of all those things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sorry. That's a tiny bit spoilery, but I kind of thought it was interesting. <laughs> so, no, I um, think all it's right, it's great. All right, Kelly, what are we going to brood on?
0: Okay, so Angry Angel plus Darla, Drusilla, Lauren, Gunn, and Lindsay makes Dear Boy a definite watcher. We found out that Wolfram and Hart brought Darla back as human with a soul in order to lead Angel back to the dark side. We also get Drusilla's first appearance on the show. And we see Angel begin to pull away from and alienate Cordy and gun. Angel has snapped out of dream mode, but is now a walking knot of fury, ready to explode in a thousand directions at once. And with his rage directed at Wolfram and Hart and Darla, he's losing sight of his path, his purpose, and the people he loves.
1: All right. Awesome. Awesome brooding. I think that's great. And now we're going to move into Guys Will Be Guys. In Guys Will Be Guys, Lauren sends Angel to a wise man named the Tishmagev who will perform magical therapy on Angel and help him deal with his reeling emotions in the face of Darla's malevolent influence on him. Meanwhile, Magnus Bryce, a local businessman traipsing in the dark arts, wants Angel to protect his daughter Virginia from his rivals before a ritual ceremony the following night that will greatly increase his power. Instead of using the standard motivator of, you know, money, he sends a goon to threaten to kill Cordelia, and Wesley pretends he is Angel to save her life. He spends the night with the young, beautiful Virginia, faking being the vampire with a soul, and they sleep together. The next day, he's outed as a regular human and is thrown from the premises. Angel returns. They figure out Magnus plans to sacrifice Virginia to the goddess Yeska and rush out to save her. They take down Bryce's ragtag group of goons. Jeska rejects the sacrifice as impure and disappears, and Virginia slugs her father in the face and then leaves with Wesley.
0: Guys Will the Guys aired on November 7th, 2000. It was directed by Krishna Rayo, who only directed this one episode of Angel, and written by Jane Epsonson, who also wrote Room with a View. Epsonson is one of my favorite TV writers, and I love her work on Buffy, Once Upon a Time, Torchwood, and Gilmore Girls
1: oh yeah no she's fantastic and it's so funny because i, I remember watching an, an episode of the gilmore girls in uh in season four called chicken or fish uh-huh and as i was watching it i was like god this sounds like jane espenson like there was just something about the rhythm and the humor and everything and when i went and looked it up on imdb yep there it was so she's fantastic she i love she's her. she's so great
0: okay so ph scale where were you on your perfect happiness
1: I would say I'm about at a four. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is a fun episode. We get Jane Espenson's classic Wit, and I love that. Um, her writing is made specifically to delight me. She also structures uh, TV episodes like a Swiss watch. She's yeah. so great at getting those those escalations just ticking in so beautifully at the end of every act. Um, so, So it was really fun for me. Yeah. How about you? So
0: I'm going to have to give it a three, and I feel kind of mm-hmm. bad because the stuff that I love, I love –
1: But I realized when I was
0: watching it, I love about half the episode and kind of tune out for about half of it. So I went with the middle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think that makes sense. I think for me, it's a four mostly because I love Jane Espenson's humor. Yeah. (laughs) Her sense of
0: humor is absolutely, you know, my style. And there's some great dialogue in here, too. So let's move that into our moments of perfect happiness, starting with Angel's inner torment, because we both kind of like it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We both do like angels inner torment it is really it's fun to see him in that space you know and he's talking to lauren in the beginning he's you know getting the advice to go see the tishmagev that this is even above lauren's pay grade this kind of internal (laughs) emotional torment right which i think is really really fun i
0: love seeing him have such a hard time trying to talk out his emotions with lauren and finally he's just like i'll sing if i have to (laughs) (laughs)
1: I know it's great
0: And I love that Lauren doesn't make him sing Because Lauren can already see what he needs to see and mm-hmm. I love that he recommends Angel to a specialist. Cuz he's like, "Look, baby, I'm your general practitioner doctor. You've got something specific going on here. Right. Let me send you, you to specialist. somebody with some expertise." <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I love
1: that. And I really I really enjoy like the Tish McGee. Oh, like yeah. there's stuff that he says that I think is really great. He's like, "Vampire living in a city known for its sun, driving a convertible. Why do you hate yourself?" <laughs> <laughs> These insights that he keeps having into Angel's soul are really wonderful. I mean, how many warriors slated for the coming apocalypse do you think are going to be using that hair gel? Yeah. You, know? you need something my favorite, <laughs> Right. <laughs> my favorite, though, is when he says, You're deeply ambivalent. And Angel says, I am, but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and see, that right there, that's Janus. Yes. And, and all that of those scenes
0: hard. with. Angel and Tish, I loved. Um, They were really,
1: really Because I
0: adore, like, the sparring Mm -hmm. scenes between mentor and mentee.
1: Yeah. So, like, The Mm -hmm. Matrix,
0: Doctor Strange, Star Wars. Like, I love seeing that teaching dynamic in action. Mm -hmm. So, fake Tish and Angel, like, sparring while doing talk therapy was sort of made to delight me. Uh, sure. and, and when he was talking about angel's car and he said mm-hmm. why not a personal license plate this is irony right. <laughs> I was Like, because angel's personal license plate would say guilt
1: <laughs> exactly exactly
0: <laughs> it was so good and when angel threw that fish hook through his mouth and reeled him onto the porch oh. i was like ouch and yuck but also that was very smart of angel like, yeah. if you can't mm-hmm. go into the sun to get the bad guy, you gotta bring the bad guy to you. Bring the bad guy to and, you <laughs> and use whatever
1: tool exactly. you got, right? And
0: Angel's like, I'm getting in touch with my inner demon. And that was so oh, great. Yeah. It was so
1: great. No, it's... Really, really good stuff. So Angel with the Tish McGev, while it wasn't like the main storyline, it was sort of a distraction, you know, keeping him out there. And of course the Tish McGev was not the real Tish McGev. They which also is something I'm gonna get to in questions later because none of that plan makes sense. But um but overall, I mean, it was a really fun sequence and it was fun to kind of have somebody, you know, question Angel deeply on all of these uh, you know, these observations about, about who this guy yeah. is. Yeah. You know? And
0: I loved so. all of that. But the next part, you had some moments of perfect happiness where I have uh, almost none. So
1: you well, did not like I this. I did at not all. at all.
0: So okay. talk about Wesley's guys.
1: Wesley's guys I actually really enjoy Wesley pretending to be Angel and uh, you know and I love when Angel is you know in detective mode and he's pretending to be you know Herb Saunders from Maryland (laughs) or or, you know a detective or whatever like I love seeing Angel do that but it was fun for me to see Wesley do that and and Wesley's doing this you know to protect Cordelia who you know the the goon had a gun on Cordelia and so Wesley pretends to be Angel so that he can go into the space he goes into the space and he's goofy Mm -hmm. right you know we see a lot of goofy we have and even early in the beginning right you know he's he's struggling with the um uh, with the file cabinet and the drawer comes out and then he hits his head on the drawer and generally i'm not a fan of goofy wesley mm-hmm. right but here we have you know kind of goofy nerdy wesley being put into a situation for which he has ultimately like you know unqualified to pull this off and it's fun i like seeing his capability here i like that he takes out the guys you know in the hallway I like that he manages to bluff the goons that come into the wizard shop. Um, All of this stuff, it speaks to his capability. It speaks to his growth. He's tougher than he seems. He's smarter than he seems. And I like all of that stuff. I I like him with Virginia. Virginia is kind of a mixed bag for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I like that she's smart and she doesn't take anybody's shit. And I think that that's really cool. Um, You know, I like that she punches her father in the face. Mm -hmm. um, Although, of course, that is the... Only consequence that he has for anything. We'll talk about that in F. TPB, um, a little bit <laughs> um, You know, so I mean, I, I like it. Um, structurally, we have a really good narrative around this main A story. Like at the end of the first act, um, Wesley has to pretend that he's Angel. So he comes in, he's pretending he's Angel. He's going into, you know, this, this, like, uncontrolled situation. At the end of the second act, um, that's when we discover that the bad guys killed the real Tish McGev, that they're holding Angel, you know, distracting him out there. Um, and uh, so the people who are in town now know that Wesley is not Angel. Mm -hmm. Um, And the end of the third act, we discover that the father is going to sacrifice Virginia, that that's his big plan. So all of these things kind of hit and like, you know, Jane Espenson is so fantastic at that. Like her structures move like a Swiss watch and it's a nice, clear escalation through this story and just from like a writing perspective like I, I like it because of that I think there's some good stuff there
0: yeah I can totally see that and I did have one moment here with Virginia mm-hmm. that I really loved, Um when she's like schooling her father on the fact that she has not been a virgin for a very very long right. time and she said <laughs> I even dated Rick and then like in the back corner we see the guy in the cloak just kind of turn and <laughs> like, like, walk away <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was funny.
1: <laughs> yes, no, I thought that was great. That was
0: really good. Um, but we also got some moments of perfect happiness with the team.
1: Yeah, yeah, we did, um, which I thought was really fun. Yeah. I-, I love Cordy and Wesley working together, being cute. They were enjoying each other. I mean, this is the relationship that I want to see between the two of them. Mm-hmm.
0: And I love Cordy and Wes introducing Gunn to Caritas
1: yeah. and telling him about Lauren, you know, reading people's auras
0: and sensing their future. But he can only do it when they sing karaoke. <laughs> Which actually, I don't know if that's technically true, but it was, it was still really cute. Um, yeah, I think,
1: it, I think the karaoke amplifies the signal. Or he just wants people to sing karaoke and he's you know, playing with yeah, them. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I think he can absolutely read everyone. But maybe it's mm-hmm. like once he's heard you sing, he can always yeah. hear you sing. Maybe. I don't know, but I, I like it. Mm. And I adore the scene where Cordy impersonates Angel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sitting at his desk, she's like, Hey, look at me. I'm Angel. Oh no, I can't do anything fun tonight. I have to count my past sins, then alphabetize them. Oh, by the way, I'm thinking of snapping on Friday can like, it was so great. It was so
1: great. Which is really, really fun. It was really, It really is really, good. really fun. Absolutely. Um, I love in the beginning, right, when they're in the elevator and he's just going to break into Wolfram in heart and then Gun's like, he has a plan. Don't worry, he has a plan. And then he's like, what? That's the plan? Walking real quick is the plan? <laughs> you got to figure out what the plan is ahead of time. Just don't trust Angel that there's a plan. Right. <laughs> Ask questions, Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Cordy coming in dressed as a lawyer. She's like, look, lawyer. And she's wearing <laughs> glasses. It's just so incredibly cute. And then when she's talking to to Wesley, she says, What's wrong with you? You've got delusions of angel. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really, really fun. So the, the team I think is really good in this. Yeah. And there 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 were a
0: lot of good things in there, but there's also a lot to stake. Mm-hmm. Um starting with the very beginning. So this guy comes in wanting to hire Angel, and he's, like, completely rude and demanding, and he wants Mm -hmm. to see Angel that one, you know, that second. Dude, he has other clients. Like, there's this thing called an appointment, and you make one. Mm -hmm. And, like, God knows I am the queen of procrastination. But when you plan a sacrifice for 50 years, and the party's (laughs) the next day, and, like, you need a bodyguard for that sacrifice, you probably don't wait until the night before
1: To make that happen. Right. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, it's just it's 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 nuts. And the whole idea that they would, you know, come in and just go straight to threatening. He has loads of money. Right. Angel has this huge hotel. 200 rooms living in one of them, right? You know, I mean, like, it's expensive to, to keep up a 200-room right. hotel, and the very idea that they're in this hotel is kind of patently ridiculous. Although, of course, David Nabbit helped them out, so obviously it's affordable, but still, yeah. you know, these people need money. You know, everybody in business wants money. Why not go in and just offer money right. instead of... I mean, I understand, like, that's the whole reason. That's how Wesley gets motivated to pretend to be Angel and all of that.
0: Yeah, but if yeah. he had stacked enough $100 bills on that counter and Angel unavailable Cordy would have turned mm-hmm. Wes into Angel herself but,
1: it, right? <laughs> which could have been could really have fun there. which could have been really fun she could have just tossed the duster out and been like Angel go ahead take care <laughs> exactly. of it that would have been hilarious yep. and it would have completely made sense you know but we have to have him holding a gun on Cordy right. you know and the thing is that once they're not holding a gun on Cordy anymore like you know Wesley could have figured something out right you know and right.
0: and I I really don't like some of the jokes that we make toward masculinity in some of these episodes. Um, yeah. When Cordy says to Wes, do you have any clothes a man would wear? And I'm right. like, a man is wearing those clothes, and they look just right. fine on him, and let's not do that. You know, yeah. I don't like
1: that. No, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of that kind of, like, you know, just this vaguely, you know, gender normative kind of like, you know, masculinity is this are these things femininity or these things and that's all it is. And, and so it, that's that kind of runs underneath. There's a lot of heteronormative kind of stuff, gender normative kind of stuff happening within Angel that is so locked in yeah. that I think it's invisible in a lot of ways, like invisible to the people writing it, I'm sure, and invisible a lot of times to the people viewing it. But once you start to see it, you can't unsee it. Right,
0: right. And yeah. but like. So this guy, you know, not only waited to the last minute, he apparently did no research whatsoever about Angel. Because Wesley pretending to be him, I'm sorry. There was not Mm -hmm. one second that Wes seemed either broody or vampiric.
1: Right. And plus, like, Angel is super famous. Right. Right? You know, like, Angel is known throughout the, like they know he's not English right you know I mean so I don't know I found that all to be to be really weird and I mean and here we have like we have an actor who actually is American like like you know Alexis Denisov, who plays Wesley is an American actor right so we could have had him use his American accent although I have to say every time I've seen Alexis Denisov in anything and he uses the American accent it always throws it me makes off I'm me, like no you're British sh- it dude. makes me so sad <laughs> yeah, it like, does.
0: It's like when they and I love when him. they put Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, and they gave me an American accent. I just wanted to cry. I was why? Why, I was, why? why would you do oh, that? God,
1: why would, you, why do would that? you do that? Like like hiring Idris Elba to play um, Heimdall in Thor yes. and covering up his face? Yeah. Like, I, I, it's Idris Elba covering up any part. of <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly I mean, come on exactly yeah anyway
0: well those are stakes yeah. for other universes but still
1: that's for that's for listen up a hole marvel cinematic universe <laughs> podcast <laughs> download it now so i
0: think um <laughs> we also have a wonderful section of stakes that we will revisit later called the stupid curse
1: oh my god i hate this curse <laughs> i hate this Curse, this curse it worked really well in a very specific section of Buffy, and now it is just this vestigial tail that will not go away. Um, it's Angel can't have sex. It's so funny. I'm not a eunuch. Da-da-da-da. What da. Uh, sh- stop, you know? And then Wesley in the moment, like, you know, yeah, it's it's really more of a hex, you know. I mean, all this I uh, just Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. The curse. The curse. And if Angel is so famous that she knows about the curse, why wouldn't she know he's not English? Again, like <laughs> Uh, every time the curse comes up as a way to make jokes about angel can't have sex i swear to god it's and we always we do this we're like it's not about the sex it was about sex with buffy It was about the moment of perfect happiness doesn't happen all the time doesn't happen a lot it's probably not gonna happen again so we don't really have to worry about it but instead it is this constant i thought he was a eunuch no yeah you know he has a curse and he can have sex he's been having sex with darla this whole time right He's been, I mean, rape sex, yeah. but still, like, he's been having sex, so it is not sex. Yeah. Yeah. Stop.
0: Uh, <laughs> stop is pretty much the best <laughs> description of that curse I've ever heard. Um, and not all episodes call for it, but this one does. We kind of need an ooh, ooh.
1: Oh, God. Steak. Oh, God. The fishing hook through the lip. The fishing hook through the lip. I mean, it was it was cool, and it was clever. And, like, in concept, I like it. I would have rather him like throw a noose over the guy or something, but the fishing hook through the lip made me so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And do you wonder kind of like how Angel got so good at fishing?
1: No. I mean, it's, you know, 350 (laughs) years. (laughs) You you have time. What does it take? Ten thousand hours to get good at something, uh, according to uh, Malcolm Gladwell. This guy has had ten thousand hours over and over and over again. He should be good at everything by now. So it
0: would be a whole other podcast for me to tell you all the reasons that that theory is actually not right. But that's okay.
1: No, we'll go with no, it. No, I understand it's bullshit, <laughs> but I'm right. just throwing it. It's out. not
0: total bullshit. <laughs> it's just a lot of science that was meshed together into a ten thousand hour rule that doesn't exist. But angels had a lot. Yeah, more the simplification
1: than that. of really complex influences yeah, really in human psychology crazy. and neurology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
0: but this is an area where I don't have expertise. So we mm-hmm. see Wesley drinking blood, and first of all, ew, oh God, Ew yes, right. Ugh. But now, like, Cordy has drank blood, and now Wesley has, yes, right. And so, like, this mm-hmm. is maybe like some hazing going on with Team Angel. I don't know. It's disgusting. Know. But can't that kill a human? I don't know. Does it? I don't
1: know. But Can, does drinking I, blood kill a human? I, I,
0: I mean. He took a healthy. I mean, sip, we eat
1: animal blood, right? like when you have a steak and it's juicy. Guess what? Yeah, but
0: it's not raw. <laughs> I don't. I was just thinking, like, what if that wasn't his blood type, and like, what if it was?
1: What oh. if it was contaminated? Well, I think with if something? he's digesting it, the blood type shouldn't matter because he's not introducing it into his bloodstream. He's introducing it into his. I don't, I don't know. know. The Again, whole thing. that's something we got to talk to. Uh, yeah, to Lolly about. I just about. got grossed
0: out, and then I thought, oh god, that's probably not yeah. healthy. Like Yeah, (laughs) no, I think it's probably not good. I think it's probably not good. All right, so let's pull out our big stakes for fuck this patriarchal bullshit. Yes.
1: (laughs) All right, why don't you get us started and then I'll go into a rant.
0: Okay, so (laughs) I don't even want to waste a stake on Virginia's father and his cronies. They just Mm -hmm. need a direct trip to the volcano. Yes. Do not pass go. Do not collect your patriarchy prize. Right. And also, the real Tish Mugav seemed like a good man who helped people, and his death was just written off on this episode. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, just killed him. Yeah. Dead. Because he's a good person, so right. obviously he's got to go.
0: Yeah. I, it just...
1: Yeah. Right. It needs to yeah. be Yeah. Yeah. And then from the tish, from the fake Tish McGev, so it makes sense now. But in the moment we thought he was the real Tish McGev, which I think should have been like a tip off for Angel when the advice to go hurt another blonde yeah. deeply. Like like the only quality in this woman that makes her at all like, you know, not interchangeable for, is the blondness of her. Mm-hmm. Like the that is her only quality that matters is that she's blonde. So go hurt another blonde deeply because she's blonde. And I mean, I get that they're going for the Buffy reference and the Buffy joke, but that is some next level misogyny and objectification. And wouldn't Angel be like, huh, that doesn't sound very wise man ish to me. Yeah, I
0: don't don't think that sounds very wise man at all. I wanted to discount it as like bad fake Swami advice, but he gives other good advice. Yeah. So then it was so gross. I just could I just can't even Like, that should have tipped him
1: off. Yeah. That was some serious, serious, horrible shit. That is not coming from a good
0: place of wisdom.
1: Yeah. No, it's just, it's awful. Then we have this joke, right, where Angel comes back and Wesley's talking about Virginia, very obviously talking about a person and not a place. And he goes, wait, were you in Virginia? And he goes, that's beside the point. Oh, Jesus. Really? Yeah. Really? I mean, that's what we're doing with this, you know. Um, and I understand that this is supposed to be about the patriarchy. But it really bugged me that the goddess Yeska mm-hmm. was uh, this like hideous, you know, fat monster, this, I don't know. And this is terrible, but it's just how I read it is that they they made her into this. She has the ability to give men power, which means she's more powerful than them. So let's make her ugly and fat. Hey, everybody. It's Lonnie. Um, As I'm listening to this edit of the podcast, I realize that I keep talking about how this woman is fat and that makes her awful. And that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say is that there's nobody in all of Angel that has a single ounce of fat on them except this woman who we want to code as hideous. And that was what was bugging me. Just wanted to clarify that. Because I think we could use some more people with a little weight on them, not looking terrible, you know, just in general. Thank you. Because that makes her less powerful because that detracts from her power. You know, if she has the ability to give him power, then she is more powerful than him. So we can't have a woman be more powerful than the men. So let's take her down. Right. I read that in there and that pissed me off. Do you
0: mean there's a whole idea that if you're more powerful than a man, that man might not want to fuck you?
1: Yes. Oh, yes, gosh. it might make you unfuckable and that of course oh, is the one thing that a woman should never be. Never be. be. Oh. Right? Oh wow. Um, <laughs> all of it. Jesus. All of it is terrible. And of course she eats young virgins, mm. right? She doesn't want anything that's, you know, quote unquote Impure. although the idea of virginity is such a stupid constructed idea that has no relevance to like actual sexual experience and whatnot all of it is is terrible and then she's impure she's not a virgin yeah fuck you dude she's 24 you know i mean my god like and then we have this thing from gun who I love Mm -hmm. and so he has this I could have told you she wasn't a virgin right oh my god by looking at her like this is the thing we do this in Buffy too right after Buffy has sex with Angel in season two of Buffy Joy says you look different Mm -hmm. no she doesn't she looks the same because virginity is a construct and it's stupid right you know So this idea that a woman, not a man, we don't do this with a man, right? We don't look at anybody and say, I can tell you he wasn't no virgin, right? Right. Right? We don't do this with that. It's this idea that you can look at a woman and see whether or not she has had like sexual experiences, right? And judge her based on those sexual experiences. All of it is so, so terrible. And I understand that it's coming from our bad guys. Well, mostly if we, you know, take away the, were you in Virginia? That's beside the point. I could have told you she was no virgin, like all of that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's really bad. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. And they're yeah.
0: all talking about her sexual history while she's standing right there, like it's anybody's goddamn right? business. And, and I'm like, oh my god. Plus, like, I'm sorry. I know there's all kind of ancient mythology or whatever but why is virginity grounds for ritual sacrifice for women but
1: not men and let me refer to you to the vagina dentata yeah that's why that's why dentata. no other penis I mean, will be in here except mine right that's why it's about owning women it's about owning their sexual power that's what it's all about that's what it's about now yeah it's, it's <laughs> you just know yeah
0: baffles me you know yeah and if nothing else if that idea exists then by all means go out and get laid and take yourself off the offer me to the gods for the sake of my sorry ass father list Uh, because
1: damn and but women get shamed for that yeah like you know women who have sex you are either a virgin or a whore and if you're a virgin you're good and a virgin also applies like to you're with one man that you married you know, and who impregnates you on the reg, right? You know, I mean, that's the virgin thing. And then there's the whore, and that's it. It's a false dichotomy, and women are allowed to be in one camp or the other. And it does, and, but men, men can screw everything. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it
0: was just awful. And yeah. did they really have to name this character Virginia? Like, yeah, they did. Just in case we couldn't get the hint.
1: Just you know? in case.
0: But here's the, yeah. the thing that, that infuriated me the most, right? Mm hmm. I actually yelled at my television. Mm-hmm. No, Wesley, don't you dare kiss that girl, mm-hmm. because power dynamics in sexual relationships matter. Yep, this is why teachers should not sleep with their students, and doctors should not sleep with their patients, and bodyguards should not sleep with the clients they are protecting. Yes, so, like even with consenting adults, age or gender, like that's not what it's about. If mm-hmm. one person is highly vulnerable to, dependent on, or has a much lower power differential than the other, sex should be off the table. Yes. And Wesley should know that. Yes. Right? And if you yes. want to have sex on the table or anywhere else, <laughs> stop being that person's bodyguard or doctor or teacher and then bring it on, baby. But yes. But Wesley was so
1: out of line. No, he was completely out of line. This whole thing with her. Like, I understand he's attracted to her. But you know what, Wesley? You do have control over that. Yeah. You can get up and move and sit in the chair. You can say, hey, this isn't a good idea right now. But let's shelve this and maybe talk about it at a time when it's appropriate. Like, I understand they wanted him to have sex with her so that they could make the joke about how he took her virginity. But then, of course, she's not a virgin. She's not been a virgin the whole time. And then Wesley has that moment where he's like, oh, thank God. You know, if, if, if deflowering a virgin, and forgive me for that odious turn of phrase, is something that is so abhorrent to you, perhaps you should have asked a question before you had sex yeah. with her.
0: See, there are certain conversations we need to have before we have sex with somebody.
1: And yeah. have you done this before? Should probably be in there. It's probably one of them. Right. Yeah, like absolutely. That's... So there's so many things wrong with the way Wesley had sex with this woman. Yeah. And, and he so many things. should know better. Um, Mm -hmm. But then I kind of feel bad that
0: I had a section of of staking because there was a lot that I liked about Virginia, but Mm -hmm. Virginia might not be so smart. No, she might not. She's a mixed bag. Yeah, she's a mixed bag. So I kind of thought, yes, Virginia, there is a vampire with a soul, (laughs) but that's not him. So Mm -hmm. let's review some clues. Right. He covered up the mirror. He Mm -hmm. suggested going shopping in the morning. He touched a cross and you had to ask him if it hurt. Mm -hmm. He doesn't go into vamp face. He has resisted sex for like ever, but he melts into you after like 15 minutes. No, honey, that ain't Angel. (laughs) Of
1: course it's not Angel. (laughs) Of course it's not Angel. And had she said, yeah, I know. Like, I would have liked her so much better, but instead she gets so mad at him. She's like, you put me in danger. You did all this stuff. You know what, Virginia? He saved you from two sets of goons. You were protected. And yeah, he lied because your dad had a gun to Cordelia's head. Right? And he didn't know you when that lie began. He kept it up so that your dad wouldn't kill his friend. So you know what, Virginia? Shut up, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. For that part,
0: I'm like, no. All, yeah. all, all the facts are there. If she had been like, look, I know you're a human. Yeah. Let's get it on. More power mm-hmm. to you. But Wesley still right. should have said no because Wesley was in the protector Wesley role. Wesley still and that should is have said
1: okay. no. But if she said, like, when all this came out. Yeah, exactly.
0: Or yeah. she said, hey, look, the party's tomorrow. What are you doing the day after? You, you know, how about great. me? Like, that would have been great
1: right Good. oh okay. but, but Just... we went into this false conflict because the thing is that we have her being smart the whole way through right until this and also like she knows so much about yeska and her dad knows so much about yeska and she has access to all these books because all she does is read because she's basically like rapunzel in the tower yeah so she doesn't know about yeska well at this point so i did think about that and kind of that rapunzel mm-hmm. idea
0: and i think yeah. We are are blinded to deep systemic abuse by the people that we love, right? And so even if she understood some of those things factually, I don't think she would have believed her father was really capable of sacrificing her.
1: Was going to sacrifice her. Right, like, because
0: that was just too, like, she wouldn't have wanted to think that. She wouldn't have been willing to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, And what Wesley should have been doing instead of her was research about this party that he had been hired. Like, what was the big right. deal? That's, right. That's his superpower. That's where his yeah. energy should have gone. Yeah. And I, the whole thing just pissed me off. Um, yeah. But I also had to stake because... Missed opportunities, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. missed opportunities. Why? Why was Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young not on the soundtrack for this episode? Because, oh my God, the song yeah. was made for this story. Take Virginia to Lorne and give that girl a mic.
1: I know. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so That would have been great on That just,
0: yeah. We, we got to have some, we got to have some stakes. Um, yeah. But I think we can go into research mode.
1: Yeah, so what do you
0: got? So I think Tish McGev was a pretty good fake swami uh, with Mm -hmm. some of his questioning, right? Like, Mm -hmm. not the advice, but some of the questions. And Mm -hmm. he said that there are two angels, like two parts at war with each other. Mm -hmm. And he asks them, how do you expect to triumph over the forces of darkness when you're still fighting yourself? Mm -hmm. And that's a damn good question, right? And then when they're sparring and angels holding back, you know, Tish is like, why can't you let go? And Angel says, if I let it, it'll kill you, the mm-hmm. demon. And Tish is like, but the demon is you. And you don't think it controls you? Yeah. So I think Angel sees that demon as other than mm-hmm. himself.
1: Yeah. And
0: I think Dear Boy has got an explosive integration coming up soon.
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah. he really does. I mean, because you think back to Amends, right? Mm-hmm. And Buffy um, in season three, when he says, it's not the demon in me that needs killing. It's the man. Right. So he does. He does see these elements of himself as completely separate. Right. And they're not. They're not. Yeah. No, that's interesting. I like that. Um, so, OK. What doesn't make sense to me, aside from all of it, is so someone was spying, I guess when Lauren gave him the Tish McGev's address. Yes. Or did they tell Lauren to how did they know he was gonna do that? How did they have somebody who could play this role, which is a very specific skill set to be able to ask these kinds of questions and to to have this kind of, of wisdom? So they've got this goon who can go out, rush out, kill the Tish McGev before Angel gets there and pretend to be the Tish McGev to keep Angel occupied because that's what Magnus Bryce's Enemies want is to make sure that Angel isn't there to protect the girl so that they can prevent this, you know, power ceremony from going on or whatever. Yeah. So it doesn't make
0: sense to me. We got the answer to this, but we got it fast. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back and dig into it a little bit. Okay. So there's a scene where we see the fake Tish on the phone with Paulineer, right? That guy who tried to kidnap Virginia. Mm -hmm. And he says Angel came straight here just like Ramon said he would. Ramon is the bartender at Caritas. Oh,
1: Ramon is the bartender who brought him the drink. Yes. And Lauren said, He's wonderful. He's wonderful.
0: He's a treasure.
1: Oh, he's a treasure. Right? Okay. So, so Ramon, Ramon has spy. not been singing,
0: Ramon has been bartending
1: and tipped them off. And they
0: either bribed him or enlisted him as a spy. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but still, they have to know that Angel would have gone to Lorne, that Lorne was going to tell him to go to somebody, that this opportunity would have arisen, Right. that they have Ramon on the payroll just to watch out in case right. Angel I, well, happened think, to go like, to Lorne right at this time. Maybe
0: because of Paulineer's business, like, there would have been mm-hmm. other reasons to want a spy in Carintos. Maybe. So that part made sense to me, yeah. but, like, getting mm-hmm. the replacement to Tish that fast... When they couldn't make an appointment at Angel Investigations, yeah, like the the timing of that threw me off. But I, yeah, and we get a little we get a tiny bit of closure on this later because it happens mm-hmm. so fast. They just say his name on the phone, and you have to remember that that was the bartender. And I had yeah, to go back to put and put that together and rewatch yeah. the pieces, um, to put that back together again because they could have had like a great ending. Personally, I would like to see Lauren deal with Ramon
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) that would have been a great way to end the episode
1: (laughs) yeah because lauren who can face down angel and be like i know you're not going to start anything in here like (laughs) lauren will take ramon out i don't care how good the sea breeze is yeah
0: exactly um (laughs) (laughs) so yeah but but the the getting the replacement and all of that stuff that was a little that was a little wonky Um, Yeah,
1: because they would have had to, like, come up with that whole plan on the fly and make that work. And it's just, this is the thing, like, when an antagonist, everything happens to just fall together for them and they have no control over all of these variables, but somehow manage to pull it all off anyway. Like, a good antagonist is controlling for all the variables and making sure that things happen exactly the way they want it to happen. Right. You know, and they don't have control over any of those variables. Yeah. I really think yeah. they all woke up and said, oh, shit, the party's tomorrow. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was next month. Right. Now I have to now I have to put an evil plan together in like 45 minutes. I hate when this happens. Hate, I'm so stressed right, out. Right. right. Like, yeah.
0: mm-hmm. I, last year, I said I wasn't going to let this happen again. I forgot yeah, to put it I in go. my Google calendar. Damn it. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. And I have been doing some serious soul story searching about Wesley. Because the last several episodes have left me wanting to cuss him out right and proper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I've been thinking about this. And I've realized it's very difficult for me to untangle the Wesley we have now Mm -hmm. from the man he's going to be later in the show.
1: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. if I
0: had only watched up to this point of season two, I don't know that I would even like him yet. Um, I think he's had some good moments. I think he's got serious potential. But I don't think I would like him at all Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. considering how much i come to love him and y'all that (laughs) love runs deep it's going to be really interesting to see when the wesley i love actually shows up because he sure as hell is not here yet
1: yeah no i have to say if he wasn't english i probably wouldn't (laughs) like him so much i am i am a huge anglophile (laughs) sometimes to my destruction but um but yeah like I mean just the fact that he's English honestly is enough to buy so much space with me and there are a lot of things about Wesley that I do genuinely love you know like I mean I, I I love a lot about Wesley but there is a lot of stuff within him that just is not great and when you start looking at it you know like really from a critical perspective he is he is kind of a disappointment in a lot of ways yeah and, and you know so that's just yeah. been
0: kind of like where I'm putting myself going Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I have yeah. future love that is influencing my current perspective. Yeah, that so happens. So I'm, I'm trying mm-hmm. to kind of separate that out, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was kind of where I landed on research. So what is our one to brood on, Lonnie?
1: Okay, well, While Guys Will Be Guys is a fun episode with Jane Espenson's trademark humor and tight narrative game. There isn't much happening here that's really important to the overall story of Angel. It's kind of treading water. So for people needing to move a little faster through the show, it's definitely a skipper, but it's still a good time. So some viewers may want to watch it anyway.
0: All right. And what was your favorite part?
1: oh there's gonna be a lot of trouble and i say bring it on i love (laughs) angry angel he is my favorite (laughs) he makes me (laughs) swoon what about you what's your favorite part oh hands down
0: god doesn't want you but i still do
1: because oh, it's yeah. you
0: know this this Beauty and the Beast thing between the two of them and I yeah. when I think about Angel like that is one of the lines that echoes and it's always mm-hmm. one of the things that I remember about the show and yeah. the delivery the like the purpose the meaning behind it everything I just love it yeah it's so mm-hmm. fantastic um and I kind of have a new favorite part yeah <laughs> so and i Last episode, um, I went on a little Lust What She Lust right. <laughs> trip, right, about Angel's Tattoo.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I felt a little guilty about that because I don't want to objectify actors. Right, I, I never mm-hmm. want to do that. Um, but in some of our great chipperish discussions, you know, Joshua Unruh was we were kind of talking about this, and he mm-hmm. reminded me that there's a difference between objectification and appreciation. Absolutely. Um, and that mm-hmm. some of that, you know, lust what she lust, is part of Angel and part of the mm-hmm. reason that the show works. So he suggested a section called Still Thirsty
1: mm-hmm. that I thought was
0: <laughs> absolutely delightful. <laughs>
1: We definitely have a naming convention at Chipperish Media now. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So it might not work for every episode, but Angel and Darla kissing and fighting at the same time Mm -hmm. is going in my Still Thirsty section this week.
1: Okay. No, I think that's really (laughs) nice. I like that.
0: All right, so that wraps us up for Still Dead. To join in the discussion on Twitter, you can follow Lonnie at Lonnie Rich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag Still Dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish forums, go to Chipperish.com, click on Forum, and join in the fun. And if you want to help promote still dead and all your favorite podcasts, leave a five soul review on Apple podcast. <laughs> some of our rogue demon hunters have written glowing reviews for still dead. And to say, thank you. We've tracked down some ancient prophecies for you on dusty scrolls, <laughs> of course. So I'm going to read the first couple today and I will catch up with everyone who's written a review over the next few episodes. But first, I want to give a shout out to Anya and Alan over at Hallowed Ground Storycast for inspiring this idea. (laughs) They write haikus for their reviewers um, and Mm -hmm. they produce fantastic shows about American gods and other stories they love. You can find them on Twitter at HG Storycast and at Shadow Shambler.
1: Yes, I was a guest on um, Hallowground Storycast. We talked about moonlighting. It was a really fun episode to go look that up. It was
0: so great. All right. So on to our first two prophecies. I'm going in reverse order of the date that people left reviews. Mm-hmm. So for Silly Poet... You will play a pivotal role in fighting the upcoming apocalypse. For you shall sit in Angel's chair and pivot <laughs> side to side while impersonating Cordelia, impersonating Angel. Your sarcasm shall distract the senior partners from ending the world, and they shall offer you an unbreakable contract and one hell of an office in exchange for your wit and mortal soul. But read the fine print. Sorry, but read the fine print, honey. The powers that be recommend that you decline this offer. Oh, that's good. You're good at this. (laughs) Thanks. Jones? They're kind of silly, but they're fun. (laughs) For MK in NYC, you shall be called to fill in at Caritas while Lorne deals with Ramon and his bartending betrayal. Use fresh grapefruit juice in the Seabreeze angel cakes, for it is your (laughs) sacred duty to keep our mystical music reader happy. While you're there, you shall find an enchanted jukebox and an ancient quarter. Choose your song well, for the sanctuary shall be spellbound by your selection. Wow.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm about ready to go and give us a five-star review.
0: (laughs) Just so that I can get one of those. I will write them for anybody that leaves us a nice comment on Apple
1: Podcasts. All right. Well, there you go, guys. You have your mission now, should you choose to accept it. And in other ways, you can also help promote Still Dead. Talk about us on your favorite social media platforms. Word of mouth is also a powerful thing. Or you can support Chipperish Media to the tune of $1 a month or more and gain access to the live chat in Discord where lots of fantastic discussions are going down. People are diving deep into all of the stuff that we talk about here at Chipperish. And you can hang out with me and Kelly and all of the Chipperish patrons who only turn evil when they get really cranky. So it's not that much of a risk. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more.
0: This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by Chipperish Media producer Abigail at This A.E. Shaw. Abigail supports Chippers Media at the power producer level, and as a reward, gets to be a poster child for soulfulness. <laughs> thank you, Abigail, and thank you to everyone who supports Chipperish Media and makes all this possible. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out how you too can become a still dead producer.
1: We will be back next time with season two, episode seven, Darla, which is a watcher and episode eight, the shroud of Ramon, which is a skipper. (laughs) It's not great. (laughs) Until then, there's going to be a lot of trouble and we say, bring it on. on. Hey Siri, (laughs) remind me. (laughs) Remind me to stop. Okay, now I'm saying that. Oh, my God. My Siri turned on. <laughs> okay. So in like a week when you get a reminder that says, Lonnie, plan evil sacrifice. Like, <laughs> gonna laugh Hey, so Siri. Hard. Wait, no. Siri's asking me. <laughs> Remind me to stop Magnus Bryce's evil plan. <laughs> Siri is making an appointment for me.